Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And today, Father, I'd like to begin another little mini-series that we've done in the past, this time focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And traditionally, whenever we Catholics, or at least those who have been born into the faith and brought up, begin to really start to study and talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it comes around the time of our confirmation. And for most of us, that's basically at some point whenever we are mature or on our way to becoming mature, at least in the way of brain development and items of that. As you mentioned in a prior episode, um, adolescents and teenagers basically are adults that need practice being adults. And essentially, if you look at the same type of timeline, that's about the time whenever confirmation happens for most of us Catholics here in the United States. So what I wanted to talk today about an overview about what, why we celebrate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even though there's something that we are given at birth, that why it's something we extra celebrate at confirmation, why it's something that we put this extra study into, and kind of just in general, since it's a gift, what that means. Because with age, we learn that you don't have to use a gift. You can put it on the shelf and just look at it. Um, like a trophy, or you can discard it altogether, essentially. And without fully talking to you about this before, I'm going to be assuming that it's kind of like the virtues we've talked about in the past, that if we don't use these muscles, they're going to wither away, but there's always an opportunity to build these types of muscles up. And that's one of the other things I'm going to want to focus on as we do this series, just some practical ways that we can apply each individual gift as we do our our conversations on them. So with that being said, I want to let you just kind of lay the groundwork so that we cover the right direction and cringe, essentially create a good template to have fruitful discussions. Great. Thanks, Joe. It's a, it's a very Catholic thing, you know, to, uh, to have these enumerated lists and then uh, talk about them one at a time. And uh, whether the list of seven well, primarily seven virtues, the four, again, another list, the four cardinal virtues and the three theological virtues. And when we talk about the eight Beatitudes, uh, I know a group of sisters who would, uh, whatever the number was, they would relate it, you know, so if they were going to give you, uh, if they had 10 pieces of cake, they would say, oh, for the, the 10 choirs of angels, you know, there's like, there's a number that corresponds to everything. And we have these lists. Uh, I can sort of playfully say that's a Catholic thing. It's actually a very useful pedagogical thing because we can remember numbers and uh, names of things. And it's, it's harder uh, maybe to remember the, how many, how many NFL football teams are there? There are 32. 32. See, you, you know this. Um, but actually coming up with like all 32 of those teams, you know, would, oh, we could kind of work it out and, and, but it's really useful to have these sort of compact lists of things that actually cover the whole range of the spiritual life or the whole range of the moral life or, you know, like the Ten Commandments. And that covers really the whole range of the moral life. And uh, we can fit things into categories. Well, uh, murder is not just about killing people, but also about 
uh, misuse of anger or revenge, or we, we see, and so the catechism actually takes the Ten Commandments and it describes the whole moral life in terms of the Ten Commandments and in terms of, in a negative sense, thou shalt not, and then in terms of the eight, eight Beatitudes in the positive sense. So those categories, you know, they're chapter headings, and then we can fit content into those chapters. So that's very useful. Uh, the big picture in terms of the Holy Spirit is that this is one of those moments where you take a deep breath. God wants us to become God. That's the process of divinization. God wants to fill us with himself. He wants to transform us into himself. As the fathers of the church said, God became man that man might become God. As we say in every Mass, through the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who has humbled himself to share in our humanity. What is that process of becoming God? Well, it's not something that's going to happen against our free will, and so we're very much a part of it. So God will only animate us insofar as we let him. And we can think about it, uh, now we just use a lot of analogies to try and connect this with the life of uh, real people. Uh, if somebody invented a dance, and that sequence of movements in the dance was really an expression of that person, we would become more like that person by learning that dance from that person. And then we can do as they do. Uh, children, for example, will learn not only to speak from their parents, but they'll learn to speak like their parents from their parents. There's a way they become more like their parents. They are animated by the spirit of their parents, we could say, by learning, by listening and repeating, and, and even the way that they phrase the words is why we can have accents and, and uh, you know, colloquialisms and these, these kinds of special words and phrases that form in different areas. And so uh, we internalize another and we become more one with that other. And so how do we become more like God? Well, through the spirit of God, by being animated, and I use that word intentionally because the word in Latin for spirit is animus. So to be animated is to be moved by the animus, to be moved by the spirit. So we become animated, his spirit moves in us. And when we learn his movements, which are physical movements with our hands and feet and eyes and ears, you know, our, our, uh, also interior movements of our sentiments, the way that we feel, and intellectual movements, the way that we think, and, and the, the movements of the will, the ultimately the decisions that we make, when we allow that to be moved by God so that we do as he does, then we're fulfilling what we pray for in the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does the kingdom of God come? Well, when his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. How is his will done? Well, he does his will in us. We let him. We do as he does. And 
when we are doing his will, when we are carrying out the will of God, we are really in union with God. He says, he talks about, uh, he says, if you love me, do what I command you, do my will. Because love follows the will, obeys the, the will, carries out the command of the other. We see that in human love as well. When, when a, an apprentice becomes like a master, or when a, a wife becomes like a husband or a husband like his wife, as they live out each other's will, they become more one with each other. And we do this by, by living out the will of God, by acting in accord with the movements of the Spirit of God who dwells within us. When we are baptized, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And insofar as we let him grow within us to govern more and more of our thinking and acting and feeling and everything else, that's the living out the, the will of God, the life of God. So it's really transforming us into God. That's the big picture. The big picture is that God made us to be God, and he has given us everything we need to become God, to think like him, to act like him, to love like him. And so that's the, the Holy Spirit at work within us. Now that becomes sort of encapsulated in the virtues which we uh, talked about in that previous series. The virtues are those sort of spiritual muscles, as you alluded to earlier, that help us to do the work of God, to live out the, uh, you know, to think like God with prudence or to love like God with charity, to place our hope in God and to believe in God, to know him and to trust him uh, most fully and, and to live in relationship with him, to do what is good in justice and to do that uh, in spite of external resistance, in, in fortitude, and to really pursue and receive the, the good in, uh, properly through temperance. So we, we're living out the will of God in the virtues, which are, you know, become a part of us. But then God sometimes wants to do, to move in a, in a unique way. Uh, a really simple example of a unique way is martyrdom. You only get to do that once. So only get to be martyred once. And sometimes the spirit of God will move in us in a critical moment. Uh, we're recording this podcast on uh, August 18th, just a few days earlier, August 14th was the feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe. He was standing in the ranks of prisoners who were being selected at random to be executed in a starvation bunker. He was not one of the 10 men selected. And yet, he broke ranks, walked straight up to the commandant, one of the most uh, violent and horrible of the Nazi commandants, Fritsch. And he said to him, I'll go instead of that man, pointing to Francis Gavonicek. And Fritz said, who are you? Fritz actually took a, a step back because Maximilian Kolbe was moved by the spirit. So he had developed, a, you know, certainly the virtue of fortitude, but that was an extraordinary movement of the Holy Spirit. So he was moved by the Spirit in the perfection of fortitude in a unique experience. Now, that's not something that you can systematize. It's like, oh, well, and whenever you're in a rank of prisoners who are being uh, summoned to execution, you should always take the place of, you know, there's no principle that you can hold on to for that. It's an extraordinary movement. And he was, he was open to the, that movement of the Holy Spirit. So 
one of the ways that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been described are uh, ways of, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not things that we can decide to use. That's the virtues. I can decide to use the virtue of charity. I can decide to use the virtue of prudence. That's part of me. And that's, that's subject to my will. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are entirely subject to the Holy Spirit, but I have a capacity to receive that. I can respond to a gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, any of those sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, one image, which uh, has its own limitation, but describing the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit like winds. Well, let me say it like this. The movements of the Holy Spirit being like winds and there being a sail for each wind that allows us to catch that wind and be moved by it. So to bring it back to my example of Maximilian Kolbe, the wind of fortitude, uh, and we could say the wind of wisdom, perhaps, you know, these things start to flow together. But this act of supreme charity and supreme strength, he was moved in that moment. The Holy Spirit was blowing, and, and he was a master at catching that wind. So he had the sail the correct sail to catch the wind given at baptism, but he really became a master of exercising that, using that sail to catch the wind, notice the wind, catch the wind at the appropriate time and be moved by that in this extraordinary, this heroic action of charity and strength, fortitude. So that's the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a capacity um, another way that they're described is a, a kind of tube, or we could think of them like an electrical wire, and each of them is plugged into its own plug. So the gift of wisdom, fortitude, uh, fear of the Lord, knowledge, counsel, uh, understanding, uh, piety. So they each are, are plugged into their own electrical source, and they're ready to receive electricity. But like a, an electrical cord doesn't make electricity happen. If there's no electricity, it doesn't matter if it's plugged in or not. It's just there. But at baptism, we get the, we get the plugs, the cords, and we, we plug them in. And then when the Holy Spirit wants to send some electricity through one or another of these cords to animate us in a particular way, then we will act uh, in, in respondence, in correspondence with that. So, uh, And what that has the effect of doing is as we have that electricity run through us, that also ends up perfecting or helping to perfect our virtues. So what we do in a moment is not something that's just a kind of random moment, but it also perfects us from within. So as, we, as the Holy Spirit moves in a heroic moment of fortitude, we become stronger all the time as a result of that. When we have a heroic moment of uh, of wisdom, we become more charitable, more loving all the time as a result of that. When we have a heroic moment of the fear of the Lord, we become more hopeful all of the time as a, as a result of that. So it helps to form virtue in us. We become ongoing beneficiaries of that. Um, but it's a particular surge in a moment that we uh, catch that wind or we respond to that or animated by that surge. And then we move like God in a particular way. So when someone is moving under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we also see that as holiness. That's the Holy Spirit. We're being animated. We're being spirited by the holiness 
the Holy Spirit is is moving in us. And so holiness becomes more evident in someone who's really moving under the gift of, uh, under a gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let me just pause there and give you a chance to say something about that. Yeah, so to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that they just didn't hear a contradiction there. So as you started to become divine and to become like God as he wants, it requires us to be completely open and enacting our free will. And in the example you just gave there about the Holy Spirit's and that the Holy Spirit is choosing to animate us, we still, just like some vessels such as copper are very good at moving electricity, and some vessels just as rubber are horrible at moving electricity, we still have the choice to be how resistant or open to the spirit um, as we can. That being said, uh, just like being out at sea, as you were using the example of the sail ship, the wind is not always constant or even there. So it requires us to put ourselves into situations where we can essentially make a difference where inevitable use of one of these gifts could present itself. And I think that one of the things that as we go through these these individual episodes here is that it's actually all around us the more open and the more refined we are to looking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being open to them becoming part of our lives. And so that that's certainly one of the, the things I thank you for giving the examples there that you have as far as some visual thoughts, an actual example of a, a saint within our lifetime, or at least our generation or century. I'm saying that wrong twice now, but, um, but, but just, just going through all that imagery you gave and to say to, to your dancing example, just going out and doing the moonwalk does not make us Michael Jackson. It just doesn't work like that. But to be open to learning and the fact that this is one of the things that makes us makes us different than God, which should seem pretty obvious, that we are able to imitate it, imitate God's will, and to become, make heaven here on earth. And that's something that we all have the ability to do. And we do hope that these episodes and conversations help illuminate that. And, um, and yeah, so, so I just wanted to, to make sure that, that with everything being said, that it's all clear and that free will never goes out of the way in this. This is always our decisions. And at the fundamental end of the day, we either can move closer to God, move closer away to God, or as we've said many times in the past, the worst that we can become is lukewarm and lose all of our momentum and stay where we're at. So with that being said, I want to let you have an opportunity here to, to conclude today's episode as you're going to guide us into the future series. Well, thanks for those uh, bringing those points out, Joe. You did a great job using those analogies appropriately as you hinted at. The electricity analogy falls short because uh, if, if it's plugged in, you don't have a choice as to whether to receive the electricity or not. Uh, there isn't a free will attached to that, um, you know, so you could think of it maybe as choosing to plug it in at any given time, but you actually have the outlet or anyway, all these analogies always fall short, but you made the right extension of saying we can't force God to do his part, but he also won't force us to do our part. 
it has to be a, a, a correspondence. It's, a, it's an encounter of two freedoms in those moments. Uh, again, the difference with the virtues, which are ultimately a gift from God. He's the one who uh, infuses those uh, theological and, and inf the infused moral virtues into us. So he gives us a share in his own virtue, but he does really place those at our disposal that we can use them you know, uh, as we choose. So it's always available. The virtues are always available. Um, but the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not always available. But we have the capacity to receive them and to respond to them because of baptism. Um, someone else who is not baptized or somebody who has not really cultivated their free will in a way to uh, receive, to, you know, we get better at that. That's the sailing analogy is a little bit better in the sense that we get better at tacking the sail and catching the wind. The thing that falls short about the sailing analogy is you don't have seven winds and seven sails. You know, there's like one wind. So uh, the thing that's nice about the electricity analogy is you can have seven different outlets and seven different electrical sources. And so uh, each analogy has its advantages and disadvantages. But you brought out exactly the right points with that. And okay, oh, and, and, and perfect. So, so I don't want to cut you off here, uh, but we are kind of getting a, a little long in today's episode. So I want to make sure that we have enough time to be able to cover into the rest of them here. So we do thank everyone out there for listening. Um, we do hope that this eventual series we're going to make will be beneficial to you and to everyone. And if you do hear a particular episode that you think someone could benefit from, please click the share button. And through whatever medium that you choose to share it, whether it be a social media or through a direct message, you know, please let more people know about us. We have grown to uh, incredible links and um, ways that, that we really didn't think were possible when we first started. So we thank everyone for being a part of us and for helping us get there. <laughs>